theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATO. Three, two, one. Great day, great world. How are you all doing today? Hope everyone's doing great. We're doing grand over here in sunny Florida. Yes, the weather is getting very nice, and I'm grateful to be here talking to you. Today we're doing a movie review. Yeah, we are. Well, we love bringing you all, you know, content that we like watching, listening to, reading, and whatnot. And this one is just a fun one, and we thought, you know, it honestly, it was one of those movies that was just... I don't know. It was just nice to watch. Yeah. You know, well, we learned a lot too. learned a lot. And I think a lot of people learned a lot in this documentary. So we're talking about the Netflix documentary mm-hmm. called My Octopus Teacher. Yes. Um, it recently won uh, an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. Right. Uh, this year. So that's pretty cool. And so, you know, we I, I would say that for sure it was deserving of that award. Absolutely. It was one of those documentaries where you're just kind of mind blown after Mm -hmm. or even during the whole thing. Don't you think it was very, very moving at times. You like felt a lot of feelings, oddly enough, with a beautiful octopus. And you learn a lot about how intelligent they are. They're freaking geniuses. It's pretty incredible. We've always heard that octopuses are like super smart, but to actually see their whole life process from beginning to end was eye-opening to say the least. Yeah, it really was. And so this documentary focuses on one gentleman who's like, who's a diver, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place um, in a remote location in False Bay near Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy is down there. Um, his name is Craig Foster. And he discovers this octopus. Yes. Um, and he calls her a she. And I think she it is a she for sure. Mm. Yeah, because she ends up... Um, well, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but <laughs> she, no. it's a she for sure. And what's really interesting is he discovers her. And what he does is he just continues to dive around her every single day. Yeah, but what he does that's different from a lot of these amazing documentaries like Planet Earth is he wants to be as little of an influence on her daily life as possible. He wants to allow her to feel really comfortable with him. So he free dives the whole time. He's not wearing any scuba gear. He's not even wearing any snorkel equipment. He literally is going down, holding his breath, and just filming every single day for an extended period of time, showing what the octopus's life is like and how she interacts in the crazy underwater world, which in all honesty, it's a scary one. It really is. And it just, I mean, it reminds us how little we still know about the ocean below us. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're trying to discover, you know, the space above us, you know, out in the universe, um, on different planets and whatnot. But here on our own planet, we know so little about the behavior of um, and the ecosystem of the ocean below. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me. It just makes, I don't know. He goes, it, it, he goes day by day for almost nearly a year, mm-hmm. just continues to go. And it's just, we know, we know that octopus have a high level of intelligence, but in this yeah. movie, because it's just focused on one, um, you know, observation, mm-hmm. but on a daily basis for almost a year, yeah. you really start to 
see this like intimate relationship form where the octopus is actually starting to trust the human and the human is just trying to be there Mm -hmm. and can't really interfere with like the circle of nature, like nature happens. Right. Um, but it is one of the most, I don't know, just amazing, fascinating documentaries because it just makes you think about how little we know about this species octopus Mm -hmm. i mean the octopus is changing colors the octopus is changing patterns to adapt and it's going so fast and it's (laughs) it it plays with certain animals it i mean it is it is a a consciousness that we don't understand yeah it it made me think about uh some of these alien movies that look the aliens look like an octopus yeah and i kind of now understand why they chose that look and that vibe and it's because octopuses are seriously alien-like. They can go into any different shape. They can change color. They can camouflage themselves. They can do so many things. I mean, you got eight hands. Like, yeah. You could be doing so many different things at the same time. And it's just a really, really fascinating species that I'm expecting will be here for an extended period of time just based on how smart they are yeah well and that's one of the things that i think came out of this documentary one of the things that the guy who's you know pretty much the main character next Mm -hmm. to the octopus um he really says just think about how little we knew because a lot of the what he observed had never actually been documented scientifically right so he was actually filming not for this documentary but filming also like to, to share with the scientific community mm-hmm. observations of what's going on with yeah. this specific species of octopus, yeah. right? And it really just, what he, sa- he said in one of his interviews was like just, or I think in accepting the award, he was like, just think about how little we know and how much more there is to discover. Right. And it really does make you feel so connected to nature. It's not just about like the mysteriousness of it. It's not about, you know, just we have so much more to discover. Mm-hmm. It's also like, wow, we might not be the only ones with consciousness and intelligence, you know, to the level that you can actually do things like use tools, play with other species, have fun, you mm-hmm. know, like be curious and actually, I mean, the the amount of sensations that an octopus can actually, you know, feel. We yeah. don't really understand that, but it's just, it is, I could not, I cannot recommend this, this documentary enough, especially if you're into anything having to do with nature yeah. or anything like that. Cause to me, when I, after a while I watched it, I just kind of sat there and just thought like, wow, we really are so connected in so many ways. And there's so much more we don't understand mm-hmm. about the world around us and the things around us. Yeah. I mean, of course we're, we're not the only ones with consciousness. No. We don't even understand our own consciousness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like there's only a few animals that really connect naturally with humans and I did not know that an octopus could be one of those. Yeah. But I, like my brain always goes to like monkeys or right. maybe elephants and their interactions with humans where you're feeling, you're looking at them in the eye and you can almost like feel them in a whole new way. I mean, of course we have that with pets, but yeah. for wild animals to approach that can't really become like pets in yeah. full or are just more naturally wild. Yeah. The octopus, it was just so crazy. And it's, I don't even know how to explain how fascinating it is. I really want everyone to check this out. Yeah. There are a lot of amazing lessons. I really don't want to spoil it, but I I'm know, going to try to just give a little bit of 
taste of the sauce yeah. to our wonderful friends because I, I want you to know it's not just a happy uh, like learning documentary. This is a movie filled with so many feelings. Yeah. You feel moments of love and appreciation and gratefulness and joy. And then you also experience these moments of honestly fear and scared and Quinn couldn't even look at the screen at times because some of the moments that are shown in the documentary, you're like, no, what's going on? I can't believe this yeah. is actually happening. And yeah. it's heavy. It's heavy. It's, it's amazing that in this documentary, I would say not even halfway through, you're already connected to the octopus. Like you feel mm-hmm. like an intimate relationship, just like the diver. Like yeah. you feel like you are with, you're the diver, you're listening to his narration and you're there with him and you're understanding that intimate relationship and you want that yourself you kind of start getting attached to the octopus and so but remember that this is a wild animal and actually interestingly enough octopuses they usually don't live more than a year so if you think about how amazing it is that within a year they basically kind of live by themselves right and they have to fend for themselves and they have to you they have to build their own their survival is dependent on how intelligent they are Mm -hmm. so they have to really get smart quick right and so um and this and so, of course, there are, there are threats. I mean, this is kind of where the geniusness of the octopus comes in, is mm-hmm. the um, being able to evade these threats, where mm-hmm. obviously an octopus can also be a threat in of itself. They yeah. have to eat and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it, it, there, there's, like, there's one scene where, again, we're not going to try to spoil it, but it was <laughs> one of those scenes where he actually missed it. Like he had to go up for air, right? There was a yeah. moment where there was a there was a threat, there was like a, a a situation between the octopus and the shark, a shark, right? Yeah. That's like usually the number one threat for an octopus. an octopus. Yeah, probably humans would be first, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably actually. Unfortunately, I'm not eating any octopus for the rest of my life. Just to put that out there, yeah. it's really this is it's the kind of documentary where it's not like that's not the message. Yeah. But if you <laughs> if you watch it, you're like. I can't like how, yeah. how could you like it's this too is smart it's just why would you kill it, it only lives for a year yeah. you know I mean come on it's really know. one of those things anyways that's neither here nor there but it you it comes back like the guy has to go back up for air and all of a sudden the octopus is like controlling the shark yeah and you're just like what just happened here we don't even understand how that happened yeah. we didn't see how it happened but how does that happen where all of a sudden the octopus is able to go from to be in being control. hunted yeah. to now, I wouldn't say that he was becoming the hunter, but no. he was yeah. definitely in control of the situation. Yeah, And it was an amazing scene, but I have to say that was also, that's my biggest critique of the whole movie. Yeah, is, is that they missed that scene. And I, and I don't know to this point how effective not using scuba equipment is in getting intimate with an octopus right and how the air bubbles have an effect on how comfortable the octopus would have been with the observer or the person who's recording it but i will say that that scene it's the like one thing that i'm like you know what you really needed to get that dude and you failed (laughs) if you if you watch it you'll know exactly which scene we're talking about and if you have watched it i hope that you understand which scene we're talking about i mean it's the one where we literally just paused it and said, wait, did he not get that? Yeah. And he didn't. But this is kind of this is kind of the magic, I think, of this documentary. Is well, it's it wasn't honest and authentic. Well, it is authentic. 
this is a wild animal. You yeah. know, when you're dealing with wild animals, you can't really plan and produce. And, yeah. and if it's cut and edited to the point where it's not authentic, I mean, they probably could have if they wanted to. Yeah. Figured out a way to come up with some footage to pretend that they've caught it. But they didn't, right? right. But I think that what this documentary is going to do is it's not only going to kind of um, change the um, place in which we all see octopus in mm. general. Okay. Um, humans do. Yeah. But I think that and scientifically, obviously, we have a lot more to discover. And so I think that question like that you asked, mm. like he would not have missed that footage if he had, um, you know, air to breathe into still, right. you know, like he had scuba equipment. Um, but how much would that have affected, you know, know. The, the, the ability to actually become intimate with right. the wildness around mm-hmm. him. So it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens after this. I hope that they continue to make more documentaries. And I just think that there's so much more to discover under the ocean. I mean, right. you and I talk about, we feel very connected to the ocean, very connected to the beach. I mean, mm-hmm. we feel like our happy places on the beach, yeah. you know, in the water, in the salt water. Why is that? We've, we've talked about that, but we don't, we, it's very elusive to us both. I mean, mm-hmm. we could probably guess in terms of, you know, okay, we're in the sun, vitamin D, there's something to do with the tide, you know, and like our brains and time and whatever. But there is just something really magical. I mean, like just this morning we went for a walk and we went over towards the water and we saw a dolphin. Yeah. Every time we see a dolphin, it's like, thank you. That's magical. Thanks for your (laughs) presence. I, you, you blessed us with your presence. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much, I don't know. There is something really deep about the ocean and mm-hmm. what and what lies underneath it. I mean, it is very deep, That's, no pun intended, yeah, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I just can't recommend watching this enough. It's not like Planet Earth. It's not like you know your typical nature scientific documentary. This mm-hmm. is like um, a story between a human and another species underwater that is very highly intelligent yeah. that we know so little about but that you instantly will feel that connection. And I think that the more we feel that connection with nature mm-hmm. in the wild, mm-hmm. the more we're going to feel compelled to really want to protect this stuff because right. it is really important. And you really start expanding out and like how important the ocean and its ecosystem is to the whole functioning of the world. It Absolutely. is really, really important. So Yeah, well, I will be the first to say, no, I won't be the first, but I, I'll, to be honest, I do like eating octopus you know i've had it before it's called taco in hawaii and it's very chewy but after this documentary it didn't it makes me want to see alternative meats like plant-based meats hit the market much sooner yeah like as fast as possible yeah like beyond meat let's go like make some fake octopus Uh, yeah i feel like it wouldn't be that difficult i mean they have the imitation crab all they have to make it do is like make it chewier and it's taco i mean i do think that's an important aspect of the planet getting to the level that we want it to be at which is very sustainable and very healthy yeah i think those types of technology are going to be game changers for planet earth i totally agree i mean because there's this there are a few scenes but there's one scene in particular where the octopus actually reaches out to the diver mm-hmm. and w- with her tentacles and actually you see all the little feelers yeah. uh, the little suction cups on her tentacles starting to like really kind of like almost read the pulse you don't even understand what like what is it doing yeah, you know what's going on in but it is just it's yeah it's like absorbing something whether it's electrical impulses or the heartbeat or i don't even yeah, we don't know we don't what know it's yet. doing yeah. but in that moment he said that was the connection it was like 
she accepted me. She was curious about me already, but she was sense of trust. Yeah, exactly. A wild animal reaching out and just, and holding on, like wrapping in the tentacle, learning, not being threatening in any way, not being threatened, you know? And and it was just, just so cool. And I just feel like, I mean, that's absolutely true. The the faster we can get to these plant source, um, plant-based products, you know, the, the more comfortable, I think, I mean, a a lot of different species are going to be in this world. And it's an important phase. I think we need to move into in terms of our consumption, our footprint on, on this planet. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. So I have a few questions. I'll ask the question, give you some time to think about it, but I'll, so I'll answer it first. The question I want to know is what is your biggest takeaway from this movie? Mm. Like what is something that perhaps you learned that you'll carry over for life? And I'll start off with my initial answer, which is I am curious of the influence of an observer on someone else or something else. Yeah. And I think that this movie really showed how difficult it is to only be an observer. So like from a scientific standpoint, if you're doing an experiment, your biggest goal is that you personally don't affect the participants' right. decisions, um, actions, behavior, etc. And you want to just capture their own what perception or whatever they're doing. And that's kind of that that is difficult for anyone. But then if you extend it outside of like a laboratory experiment and you just take it for pure life, when you're watching people, how often does the effect of you influence the other people? And even if it's just they know now that they're being watched, how does that affect their behavior? Yeah. And I mean, we can take that super deep into like, look at like London or Singapore, China, where they're constantly got cameras everywhere. Yeah, CCTV. And now, yeah, what was it? A big brother. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at a, a planet potentially behaving better because they know that they're being watched. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing, but there could also be flaws with that. And so how do you find that balance of, I want to observe or it's beneficial to observe, but at the same time, uh, I don't want to necessarily influence, or I guess it could be the other way where sometimes I guess you do want your observation to influence, but that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good, really fascinating point. Actually, I, I think you know, the idea that, I mean, of course you do. What would you do differently if all of a sudden a person you never met started mm-hmm. watching you and you yeah. knew that they were watching you? Yeah. What would you do differently if you knew your government was watching you? I mean, well, we all know that that's true. Yeah. But like, does that change what you do? Maybe, well, maybe not. I mean, even like Airbnbs now and they yeah. have security cameras almost always guaranteed outside. Yeah. But what happens if at some point they say, okay, just to be extra secure, we're going to now have a security camera in the kitchen, yeah. which shouldn't be too crazy. And we'll never turn it on. It's only for some situation where we have to go back and look at the footage you yeah. know, or something like that. Like there's some Airbnb setups now where they have uh, decimal readers. Mm-hmm. So if the noise level gets too high, it notifies yeah. the owners, but it doesn't record anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a whole new thing. Like what about Alexa or, or what about, uh, our little Google talking device? Yeah. You know, what does the influence of those things 
have on our behavior and our action, mm. especially if we know they're there or we're just used to it now. It's always recording. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'll just be myself. You yeah, know? I know. It, and it's, you know, it's a huge part of qualitative research is, is really the art of trying to not influence yeah. your participants, right? Right. And the thing about that with humans, we know, we actually do know that there is a bias. There is something that happens when someone's alone in a room versus and and doesn't know that they're being watched versus someone's in a room by themselves knows that they're being watched or is in a room with the researcher you know the 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 response changes i mean think about when you go to the doctor i mean do you really actually tell them how much you do drink alcohol like most people (laughs) are like you know like no i'm not saying that to you but i think most people (laughs) i've talked to this is kind of a funny question to ask it's like are you super honest about everything you say do you actually work out five times a week you know, do you actually, and, and you want to say, this is, this is my ideal self, but what yeah. is the real self? And I think, you know, there's that powerful quote that I love, which is like your, uh, one's character is, uh, what you do when no one's looking. Right. Mm. And yes. that's really what you want to do in research is what you want. You want the authentic truth, but not everyone is willing to show their true self mm. in every situation. Right. Yeah. Some people are, which is, I think is great. And this is where you get, you brought, like the question is brought up of well, what about wild animals? Do they change when mm. they know that they're being observed do they know that they're being observed by consciousness like when i'm walking around and birds are watching me do i think that the birds are watching me and like you know like think no i don't right so don't change because a bird is there yeah so does an octopus change because a human is there do they know the difference maybe they do maybe maybe not i think that like when i keep on going back to that footage that he missed I question, well, why didn't you just have like some kind of GoPros down there always capturing it? And those could have, those to me would be the least amount of influence on the octopus's life and how it moves around. But at the same time, uh, I guess you lose the control of being able to move the camera and stuff. And so it's only shooting at one angle. Yeah, and I think that that you get... I mean, it's pretty clearly explained that the one thing he didn't want to do, he wanted to have as little influence on the entire environment as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important thing, especially when we're observing a wild species or a wild ecosystem that we don't know very much about. Because right. if you put a camera down there, like we don't know how much that changes it because we've never observed it without it. You know, yeah. like we need to understand as much about this world as possible. Obviously we're not built to live underwater. No. So how do we actually capture this while not disrupting the environment? But yeah. I think that's a really cool takeaway actually, just that it made you think about that in yeah. general. Well, I think it's because the, a few of those scenes were so memorable yeah. that I had to think about how much of uh, influence he was on the situation or how little of an influence he was on the situation and trying to figure out that balance because there's pros and cons to both. And this movie shows that. Yeah. No, it's a really good one. I, I, for me, my takeaway was, I mean, it just made me think about consciousness and intelligence Hmm. in other species in other beings. All right. We're about to get deep. Go ahead. I know. Well, I don't really want, I mean, I know I I go deep, but that's kind of where I go almost all the time, (laughs) you know, when it comes to, you know, being fascinated by something that is, this intelligent. I mean, it is clear. And I know that there's this thing called anthropomorphization, which is basically you take a species, an animal, or even like a car, you know, and you basically, um, put human characteristics 
onto it, right? Yeah. That don't actually exist. So like, you know, right. the, the Volkswagen Beetle with mm. eyelashes on the, you know, uh, headlights. That's mm-hmm. people think that the headlights of a car look like the eyes and the grill looks like the mouth, you know? And so, yeah. and we, and we do that with other, you know, like birds like, Oh my gosh, the bird actually knows what, uh, you know, who I am. Well, maybe, maybe not. We don't know that, <laughs> you know, but we want to, we want to think that we have that human connection, but with this, it, it is so clear in this documentary that there's something, there's a depth there to, uh, a species um, yeah. specifically a, octopus or the octopus like the, yeah. the the processing of information and then the change and the and what how how she reacts to certain things and and, and it's beyond our abilities like it's yeah. beyond our capabilities it, it really is i mean it's an amazing just a beautiful specimen of yeah. intelligence and intelligence in like it just is such a different form. I mean, this octopus is really like actually pretty small and yeah. in, in all, all things considered, especially in her environment, but she can change, she can change shape. She can change colors. She can, I mean, she can play. I mean, one of the best, one of my favorite scenes is when she's like actually playing with fish mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, this is actually really cute. She's not trying to eat any of them. Then she's not trying to, you know, actually be a threat, even though she does eat fish, mm-hmm. she's just tr- trying to play. And I mean, to understand that and to observe that and to really believe that that is, it, it's something we don't observe in many other species. Like what made that happen underwater? Mm-hmm. Where did this, how did this evolve? You know, yeah. where did this come from? And to me, it just further emphasizes the need to protect things that we don't know about. I mean, yeah. like in the connection that we truly do have to nature, there is something that connects all of us. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is. We all came from the same stardust somehow, you know, it's like yeah. you really think about it. If you go that deep, it really does make you just contemplate everyone. Everything's got a purpose in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's for a short ephemeral moment, like a year, yeah. I mean, this, uh, it's just such a powerful condensation of intelligence and consciousness for what, less than a year. Mm. And she gets to do it to her fullest ability in order to survive. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't just, it's not just for survival. So it's like comparing and contrasting with humans and an octopus, right? We are both programmed to survive. Yeah. And in order to survive our intelligence, like there are certain things that our brain kind of encodes into us to understand fight, flight, you know, like freeze, Freeze. what do you do in a certain situation? And you continue to learn, you continue to compile more and more data and process that in your brain. And we have limitations as humans in our bodies, even though our bodies are amazing miracles of things. Mm -hmm. But this octopus also does very similar things with its brain, but it has uh, fewer limitations. So it's just, to me, Hmm. it's just fascinating. And, And it's just fun. You know, it's like, this isn't our world of research and science. This isn't our world of focus on a daily basis and it's but it's just certainly like one of the most beautiful documentaries that I've seen that made me think in a way that wasn't stressful it was just one of those things that just kind of makes you pause and appreciate the ocean I think that much more yeah I have to say that I have that much more of a desire to connect with nature after watching it yeah but the question for me is what is the different ways that I can do so without having a negative effect on their life so yeah you know you, you can't go to sea world right now no. you know what i mean like that's like the version of 
you're not having a good influence on the system. Yeah. But then there's other ways where there are like really great aquariums and really great, you know, animal sanct- sanctuaries and you can go on a safari, but I'm not going to Africa right now. But what yeah. can I do? There's like a bird uh, protection place, like a few miles up. I think that would be cool to go to. But at yeah. the same time, I'm also trying to figure out what is a, a way that I can further connect with them, maybe even on, in our own backyard. Yeah. And I feel very connected with the birds, but I wish that I could connect deeper with, I don't know, the dolphins. I maybe. know. I'd love the dolphin to come up and let me ride it, but that would not be a, probably a good influence on probably, it. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, like dolphins also have a really high level of intelligence that we're just yeah. starting to kind of understand as well. And, and you know, you, we've heard a lot of stories about dolphins saving swimmers, kind of coming together and warning swimmers of, you know, sharks and stuff like that. And, it's, yeah. you know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But I think that just like in the, I mean, we're so used to, you know, uh, let's put something in a, in a cage and let's observe it, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much... It's much more difficult to observe something in the wild because it requires you to continue to go back and it requires that thing in the wild to always be there too. Mm -hmm. So it is difficult, but I think that the one thing that we all can do Mm -hmm. in connecting with nature is protecting it so that we can observe it for the foreseeable future. I think that's the one thing we can do. Maybe it's not like as intimate of a relationship with an octopus as this documentary shows, yeah. but it's something where if we're protecting it, it means we really appreciate it and love it. And I think that through that, that's really where the connection can really be built and foster yeah. is we need to protect what is, what has just been our world. It's our yeah. world and who else is going to protect it? We're, we're, we're part of the problem, but we can also be the solution. Right. And so I think that just by protecting it, even if you never actually meet, an octopus and have an intimate relationship with, with her. It is such a, you know, this documentary is one of those that I think immediately you understand how important it is Mm -hmm. that there are intelligent species around this world that don't actually, you know, do damage to our world. But I mean, they need our help to actually preserve Mm. their environment and their ecosystem. And so I think, you know, just picking up the trash on the beach, Putting it in the trash can. There's little simple things that every single person can do. And um, yeah, I think that that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. And then from there, I'm sure that we'll have uh, more intimate moments with nature. We've had many of them, but this yeah. is this documentary certainly reminded us of, you know, how special that really is. Right. So check human. it out. I highly so be recommend sure to check it. it out. If you got Netflix, go check it out. If you don't, borrow someone's password and go check it out. Or go to their <laughs> house. Um, I highly recommend it. I think that you'll enjoy it too. So thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking with you guys tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.